What's up, everyone? I'm Dr. Christian Conti. Welcome to Emotional Management. Man, we have a phenomenal show lined up for you tonight. But before we even get started, I want to tell you a little story. The sun and the cave. One day, the sun and the cave, they they started talking. And the sun kind of had trouble understanding what dark and dank meant. And the cave didn't quite understand like what light and clear meant. So they decided to change places. So the cave went up to the sun and said, oh my goodness, I see this is beyond wonderful. Now come down and see where I've been living. So the sun went down to the cave and said, gee, I don't see a difference. You see, when you bring light, no matter where you go, you bring light. Tonight, we're going to bring light. And joining me on the show, returning guest, Dr. Nish Gandhi, just one of my favorite guests to have on the show. Dr. Gandhi, welcome back. It's great to be here again, Dr. Conti. We are going to be talking about ego and essence. We're going to be talking about a whole bunch. 866-391-1020 is the number. We'd love for you to call in and be a part of the show. So 866-391-1020. So first of all, let me just ask you what you've been up to. Um, Not much. Just got past the holidays, uh, enjoying this brief uh, respite in the cold northwest, northeastern weather that we have today. Um, it's been very, very nice these last few weeks. We watched the Super Bowl yesterday. Uh, that was, that was a very uh, entertaining halftime show, and uh, and a very good game. It was. Patrick Mahomes is is incredible. But listen, let let me say this. We so we're in southwestern Pennsylvania. That's where we're coming to you from. We know we have listeners from all over the world tonight. We want to say thank you so much for everyone tuning in and listening from just different corners of the world. But where we are in southwestern Pennsylvania, I'm going to be honest with you. We haven't seen well. We saw the sun a little bit today, but prior to that, I think it was 11 days that we had seen the sun. It was pretty much cloudy every single day for the last two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> um, that. That's, that's how it is here in Pittsburgh, uh, kind of used to it. I think we have like 55 or 60 sunny days a year or something of that, right. like that. It's, yeah. it's not it's not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. It's not a whole lot. But we want to create our realities, and tonight we're going to help you create your reality. So maybe there are things that you're struggling with. Maybe there are areas of your life where you would love to have some insight. I mean, look, at the end of the day, I, I was thinking about this recently when it comes to motivation. So I have uh, Razor Rob McCullough. He was a UFC champion, good friend of mine. He is phenomenally motivating. And one of the things he says, people will say, well, why do I have to come back for motivation? Well, it's like food. You can't just eat once and just be full for the rest of your life. You have to keep coming back. Right. It's fuel. You have to keep coming back. All of that stuff is like fuel. Um, Food, motivation, continuing to do a behavior over and over again doesn't just sit in you and then just take off take on a life of its own you have to continue to try to to live that way exactly and to, and that's why we're going to address emotions what do you do when you're dealing with things like ego like sometimes we hear ego and we think oh boy like this is the center of my issues and maybe it is but maybe there are a whole bunch of sides to this so if you're struggling with ego or maybe you know someone who's struggling with ego the odds are if you're in a relationship right now and you're mad at your partner, you believe that 
it's about ego. <laughs> of course. Right. I mean, that's that's probably one of the places where we can see it the most. Um, I'm right, you're wrong. I'm always right, you're always wrong. Well, I guess if you're if you're the male in the relationship, you should probably just be always wrong. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, yes, that that's a place where we see it the most. Anybody that has a relationship that they uh, you know, care about nearly and dearly to their hearts, certainly ego gets in the way of building that relationship uh, and growing together uh, as, as a couple. Well, and so ego does interfere. And I want to start with the first question comes from Phil. And Phil uh, R says, I was reading Walking Through Anger, and I'm at the part about ego and essence. I'm wondering if you can talk more on your show about the difference between ego and essence. Great question, Phil. Thank you so much. Um, Thanks for reading Walking Through Anger, by the way, which is available anywhere you buy books. So, Ego in essence, here, here's the deal. So if you think about of an iceberg, an iceberg primarily, the majority of icebergs uh, underwater, we only see a very small part of the top part of the iceberg. Well, the same is kind of true with the human psyche. There's the majority of what we are and what we, what we don't understand is unconscious and only a very small part of us is conscious. So think about that iceberg again and think about the part that sticks above the water, that's consciousness. Now, it's a very small part. Now, follow me on this. If you think about that giant iceberg and you think about the center of the part that sticks above water, well, that might be the center of the part that sticks above water, but that's not the center of the entire iceberg. So, stick with me. The part, the center of the part of the iceberg that rises above water, that's ego. Now, the center of the actual iceberg, well, that's essence. And that's what we're talking about with ego and essence. Right. Understanding the difference between the two and how both of those things, ego and essence, drive us as human beings um, is really important to look at on a day-to-day basis, especially when it comes to building and maintaining relationships. Our tendency, our instinct uh, is to lead with the ego. That's what we show people without trying. The essence, however... That's the part we're trying to connect with. That's absolutely it. We, I'm telling you, Dr. Gandhi and I got a whole bunch to get to about this tonight. We're going to go to the phone lines, though. Let's go to Derek. Uh, you're on emotional management. Hi. Uh, yeah, I have a uh, general question. Um, part of, uh, one of my questions uh, basically is embedded in this is, what's the difference between a uh, therapist and a dating coach? Just wondered what I would need because I'm, seem to be having problems with relationships. Uh, okay. It's, yeah, it's okay. Maintaining a relationship doesn't seem to be a problem for me, but uh, right now, for instance, I'm single. Uh, I get disgusted easily with the dating process. Um, you know, getting ghosted and, you know, meeting up with the wrong people and everything else. Right. Uh, I mean, well, yeah, once I, once I find, you know, a steady girlfriend, I'm fine. Right. But, right. Yeah. And I just, I see, I get so disgusted. It's like a lot of things are just a waste of time. I'm not fulfilled by trying to connect with as many people as possible. 
Well, no, this is a great question, Derek. So I definitely love this question. The difference between a therapist and a dating coach. So let me just give you a quick background on that. Uh, A therapist would need to go through school. They would need to go through a prescribed set of courses and study information, train officially under people. A dating coach uh, can can have all of that, but if they don't have all of that, because dating, dating coach isn't actually a regulated term, someone could just call themselves a dating coach and say, Hey, I'm an expert in dating. And you don't really know whether or not they've gone through the training. Whereas a therapist, you know, they've gone through that training. Now that's not to denounce in any way, shape or form a dating coach, because the reality is a dating coach could have vastly more information than a therapist on a given day. Um, it's just to understand the difference. That's what it boils down to. Derek, I'd love for you to stick around. we got some uh, concepts we think we can talk to you about. Um, so we'd love to have you stick around if you'd like. Um, okay. We got a whole lot coming up. Dr. Nish Gandhi and me, Dr. Christian Conti, tonight on Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. Welcome back to Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. Tonight in the studio with me, my good friend, one of our favorite guests here on Emotional Management, Dr. Nish Gandhi. Um, welcome back. It's great to be back. It's great to be uh, hanging out with you in the studio again, Dr. Conti. Always like our conversations. Well, let's go back to the phone lines because on the phone we have uh, Derek. Derek asked us originally, right before the break, what's the difference between a therapist and a dating coach? And like I said, if we're just looking for education, a therapist we know has gone through school. They've hit a certain criteria. We know that there are standards that they have to meet to get that degree. Uh, Technically, a dating coach doesn't have to uh, meet a certain standard to get to that. Uh, That doesn't mean that they're not credible. um, But at the same time, you know, we just want to be mindful of what we're what we're getting into. So, Derek, I wasn't wasn't thinking so much in terms of the education per se. I knew there was was higher education in a therapist and, and they're a little more broad, but. Um, just wondered where, you know, just, uh, part of my question is just wondering, you know, what would be, what would be better, you know, a therapist or, you know, a therapist who can handle things more broadly or basically a dating coach where, you know, cause, cause my disgust is with dating specifically. Well, here's where I think a, a date, uh, uh, somebody with, um, a degree might be able to help you when it comes to a counselor or, or something like that. Look, your disgust means you believe that the dating world should be the way you think it should be, but the reality is it is the way it is. So if you listen to the show regularly, you know I talk about the difference between the cartoon world, look, dating should be like this, and then the real world, how it actually is. And as long as you align your expectations with the cartoon world, you're going to be let down. But when you align your expectations with reality, you have a better chance of being prepared for it. Yeah, um, yeah, but I think where my disgust basically is is the cycling in and out. People, you know, okay, they come in, you know, it's like we go on one date and then they lose interest and go out and, you know, and I said, oh, well, you know, it's like I didn't feel like we connected. And my thinking, automatic thinking is, well, if we didn't connect, then why did you write me in the first place? Well, see, that's almost like, so what I hear in your voice in that is almost like, look, the moment you said you wanted to connect, that meant you're in for this for life. And that's not a realistic expectation. The reality is they wanted to connect to see if there was more of a connection. True. 
But now listen, here's what's going to happen, Derek. Your mind is going to race, and, and Dr. Gandhi and I are talking tonight about ego, and the ego is going to race to say, it's not, it's not your ego, this is me, this is everyone, this is all of us, but your ego is going to race to play the yes, but game. Yes, it's true what you're saying, Dr. Conti, but I want to go ahead and just keep thinking what I'm thinking. You with me? Well, I mean, I'm listening to you, though. Yeah, yeah. No, but yeah. so, 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 think about this. Yeah. So, 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 part of it is you figuring out what is it that you're bringing to the table, and I think that's where a therapist can give you great insight um, as to what are you bringing to the table. I think that's one of the best things. So, listen, I have been a counselor, professional counselor, 21 years. I have talked to thousands of people. One of the blessings of therapy is this: you can come in my office, and we can say. All right, listen, this is a safe space. So for the next 50 minutes, here's what we're going to do. Let's just throw out some ideas. Like, Derek, tell me, I would ask you, ask me for honest feedback. Like, how are people experiencing you? Are you coming across pretty strong? Are you coming across like, hey, listen, this is how I believe the world should be, and I need you to think the same way. Like, we would have a, 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 a be able to deal with that stuff in therapy. Okay. Does that resonate with you? It does. So I think it's worth it to be able to talk to somebody in uh, in mental health. Just be able to get a realistic picture. Like, what are people seeing? So here's a powerful message, Derek. People see your actions, not your intentions. So it doesn't matter what you mean to be coming across as with your dates. It matters what you're actually coming across as. And that's what you want to get a good picture of. Okay. One more thought for you, buddy. So I do a lot of work with athletes, and I do work with professional athletes, Olympic athletes, some of the best athletes in the world. And one of the things we do is we do a scouting report on them. In other words, we say, all right, listen, if you're going to play this team, what is this team going to be looking for? What are they going to see in you? And what I've done through the years is I've taken that scouting report and I've brought it to everybody. And I say, let's do that with our own personalities, with our energy. And Derek, I would invite you to do this. And this is something you can do with a therapist, but it's also something you can do right here and now on the radio. Not not necessarily you have to do with us here, but it's something you can do as soon as you hang up. And that is, let's get a scouting report. What are the people you're dating experiencing with you when they go out? Does that make sense? It does. All right. So where are you with this? Um, well, uh, you mean as far as the information you just told me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm digesting it. Um, I guess, uh, I guess you kind of got me, you know, at the point of, you know, okay. What, what do the other, what do the other people see on the other side? Well, and I guess there's really no way for me to know that for sure. You know, right off the bat, you know, a lot of times I go out, I think things are going well. Uh, we get along, we have good conversation and then I never hear from them again. Right. Right. And, and I don't, I don't know why. And I can't, I, I can't get any feedback. Well, so that's, that's powerful. That's the, part, that's the part that kills me the most right there. If, you know, if at least if they could say, and, and without coming up with something lame, Oh, I'm not feeling the vibe or. Right, know, right, right. Yeah. It's like, why are you not feeling the vibe? Why are we, why do you think we're not a good match? Right. You know, if I, if I could at least have that information 
then I can, I can work with this and, you know, and at least I can use it, but I, I don't have anything. I have no base on, okay, what do I need to improve? Okay. So but what if obviously we all have something we need to improve all, all but, of us, all of us, but yeah. what if what you needed to, maybe what you're doing when you're pressing Maybe you're feeling that you're kind of pressing and it's like, tell me, tell me, tell me. And maybe people are feeling so much pressure that they're like, wait a minute, am I supposed to say the perfect thing? What if I say feedback wrong? Listen, so I got to share something with you. So my wife, uh, my wife and I've been married. Uh, this is our, we're, we'll, we'll, this, we've been married 19 years. All right. So my wife said, so I love playing the guitar. Listen, my man, I love playing the guitar. I'm not <laughs> well, good at it. some talent. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm not good at it yet, but I'm learning and I, and I enjoy it. So sometimes my wife comes in and when she comes in, I always want to be doing well. Now I have to tell you, I'm somebody who's on the radio, I'm on television, I speak in front of thousands of people. I don't get nervous standing on television, standing in front of thousands of people speaking. If my wife or daughter is going to walk in the room and I'm playing guitar, all of a sudden I get nervous and I'm like, I hope I hit these chords right. <laughs> so anyway, here's my point of my story. The other day, I was playing something and I thought I was really sounding good. And I thought my wife was going to come in and say, <laughs> man, you sound great. Didn't go that way, did it? <laughs> didn't go that way. You no, probably so didn't sound that good at all. No, and that's just it. And your so, wife gave you the honest answer because that's for your marriage almost 20 years, <laughs> yes. right? She told you how it was. Exactly. So she came in and she said, "That is, could you please play softer? <laughs> I said, uh, I said, my goodness, here's what I'm learning. When I think I'm sounding really good, the reality is that I'm probably not. <laughs> I think I'm jamming, but I'm probably not jamming. And so the point, Derek, I'm trying to make is that outside perspective, even though I really feel like I'm jamming, like I feel like crowds of people are going to want to hear this. The truth is it's not sounding that right. And so when we ask people for feedback, sometimes, you know, when I have somebody blessed like my wife, who's going to tell me the truth, like Dr. Gandhi said, you've been together long enough, they're going to tell you, but it's hard for people to actually say it. So here's my advice to you as we wind this down. Make yourself a safe space for people to say things to. So if they know they can tell you and you can honestly look at them in the eyes and say, thank you so much, that will radically shift the way they talk to you. Derek, thank you so much for calling, buddy. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for your advice. Definitely, 100%. Appreciate you. Appreciate you being on Emotional Management. 866-391-1020 is the number. Uh, this is Emotional Management on KDK Radio. Welcome back to Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti in studio with me, Dr. Nish Gandhi, returning guest, back pain extraordinaire. Seriously, somebody who's phenomenal, and we love having you. So thanks for being back here. It's so great to be invited back and uh, be with you in the studio again, talking about all kinds of good stuff today, man. Hey, you're expanding offices, aren't you? I mean, you got another new office. We do. Uh, so our main office is in Connellsville. Uh, we also have offices in Washington and Bridgeville uh, and uh, Greensburg, uh, Pleasant Hills. And we just opened an office in Uniontown. And uh, we are going to be op opening an office in Altoona also. So kind of spread out through southwestern PA, uh, providing good, compassionate care, holistic care uh, to the people in these communities. You know, he's somebody that I trust and, and, and think the world of www.passmd.com. That's P-A-S-S-M-D.com. Check him out. So we're talking about ego and essence. And I really, we kind of got started on that. Phil wrote in a question about that, and I want to be able to come back to that. Um, you and I talked off air about this. This is something we wanted to address. Ego is, look, when it comes to, even we had a caller, Derek, um, 
the reality is Derek sees dating through his own lens or ego. And again, this isn't Derek. This is all of us. So he sees his dates through his own perspective, his own ego. His dates are also looking at it from the outside. I mean, what do we do when all these egos collide? Right. We it's very difficult to make sense of what's actually happening because we uh, we wear our own glasses. Um, they can be colored differently depending on how we get out of bed that morning, uh, what happened to us after we got out of bed, um, something else that we're dwelling on on that given day. The glasses change. So how how do we know what's really happening? The ego actually can't know. The, the, the essence knows, and, yeah. and that's the reality of making those connections for a person like your caller earlier or for any, any, any of us in any relationship that we happen to be in, removing the ego from that connection and trying to connect the essence instead. So when I was real young, my parents exposed me to some beautiful writings and, and a- academic uh, you know things that I re- really challenged me intellectually and I got to read philosophers early on and I remember as a young child like when I was younger and my dad would show me some of these philosophers and I would read them and they were super esoteric and I couldn't understand it and I was like gosh when I get older I promise you I'm going to explain things so things aren't complicated for people I'm going to make them make sense right and that's (laughs) it so sometimes when those philosophers wrote in a certain way it was for again for people for academics right and now the trend has been the last 20 or 30 years to take those same principles and make it so people that don't have advanced training can understand those same ideas. And what you're finding, right, with your book and uh, people like you that came before you and are coming after you, that those ideas are universal and people can grow and learn from them regardless of who's presenting them or how they're presented. Well, you're right. You're 100% right. So we are so much more. And I think about this when I think of the concept of ego and essence. It sounds fancy at first, but if you just stick with me, ego's who you we, we think we are. Essence is who we actually are. So we're a lot deeper than who we you know we think we are. Like we think like you might define yourself as uh, maybe a, a husband or a wife or maybe by your job title. But if you lose your job title, if you lose your husband or wife, you might be awfully sad. You might be tremendously sad, but you're not less of a human being. You're still the same person. You still have the same makeup. The pieces are all there for you. You've lost outside pieces, but your inner part, the essence, what makes you tick, what drives you is still the same. It can be difficult to tap into those things if there's a loss or a tragedy, but that's the goal is to remember who you are and use the positive aspects to forward your life. So there was a psychologist at the turn of the century named Carl Jung who wrote well into the beginning, uh, halfway into the 21st century. And Carl Jung would say, look, when it comes to our essence, when it comes to who we actually are, that's our instinct. So we don't have to train for it. Like we almost have to get quiet to listen to it. I'll give you a really routine example. Let's say someone comes to me and they're struggling with a decision. One of the things I do is I have them talk about that decision, but then I shift focus and I'll say, tell me about your third grade teacher. Just shift their focus altogether. And once their mind is completely on something else, I zip in and say, what do you think you should do about that? And boom, their first instinct, that's instinct. That's the answer. Uh, It's looking at it with fresh eyes or soft eyes, as, as one says, right? So looking at the same situation that you've been dwelling on for months and months or years and years, um, or even for just a moment, something that you're struggling with, if you redirect and come at it from a different angle, 
or ask somebody like you trust, like for example, your guitar playing, right? Yeah. Uh, you might find out what the actual truth is uh, before, whereas beforehand you had no ability to perceive what was actually happening. <laughs> right, and part of being able to take feedback is being able to recognize that maybe your ego's hurt, but that's not meaning something about you. So if my wife says that my music is louder than what I think it is, that's not that's against my that's my ego that would want to say, oh no, I thought I was playing perfectly. My essence goes, yeah, you're right. I was probably too too loud to somebody else. Your essence knows that her essence is connecting with you, right? And in, in, in fact, her essence is that her ears hurt at that point, at that moment, <laughs> right? And it's bothering her from whatever she's doing. But if you let your essence connect, that's the reality. You know, uh, the word namaste uh, means the light in me salutes the light in you. That's what my mother uses as her email signature. Um, so whenever she sends me an email about whatever the case may be to rem- remind me to do something or just to tell me she loves me that shows up in my email inbox. And so I think about what that means often because I see it all the time in my email inbox. And that's the reality, right? That is the connection we're talking about. It's much more fruitful to make connections with people on an essence level. It's certainly more challenging to do so because our ego gets in the way, but the essence is what we're looking for. I, I love that your mom does that. I think that's awakening. I think it's something that helps you awaken every time you see it. It's it shows us that life is deeper than what we're thinking. Like we think, oh, it's it's exactly the way I think it is. It's not. It's it it rarely is. It almost never is the way that you think it is. It also is almost rarely never the way that somebody else thinks it is either. The truth is probably somewhere in between, as we always know. Um, the essence can see that if you can tap into it. The ego is more concerned with appearances, is more concerned with deeply held beliefs that you know you've dug your heels in on. Uh, but the essence part uh, can actually see those things. Well, so Robert Burton, one of the leading neuroscientists in the world, somebody I'd like to have on this show sometime, he wrote a book, uh, several books that are really great. One of them is called On Being Certain. And he has demonstrated that when we feel certain, that's actually an emotion. It's not a thought. It's not a cognition. It's an emotion. So, oh, I know this is how it was. No, you're just emotional in this moment. You're emotional in this moment, and you're using that to overpower a conversation, overpower a relationship, and pretty much guarantee that that's not going to be fruitful. So I talk about Plato's uh, allegory of the cave. Do you remember Plato's allegory of the cave? Right. So, you know, he's, and I don't even, maybe I feel like we've talked about this on here. Maybe we have. Um, but Plato said, basically, if you put somebody in a prison, in a cave, their whole life, and then one day you set them free, and they come out and see the sun, and their whole life they spent in a cave, they're going to come out, they're going to see the world, they're going to go, wait a minute, I want to go back to my cave. That's ego. Right. That's ego because that's all you knew. That's all you spent your entire being perceiving and living. And suddenly the sun, which many of us would think is a positive thing, is not seen so positive because it's a change from a drastically, deeply held belief. So I love talking to people who have different spiritual beliefs and religious beliefs. I think it's one of the most beautiful things that we can have. Faith is actually a psychological construct. So whether people believe in something or nothing, we have no solid definitive answer. So it's faith. It's faith. And so who's to say whose faith is more correct than others? Well, obviously, when you believe something, you believe yours is correct and others are wrong. Um, what do they say? The popular definition of mythology is other people's religion. Other people's so religion, other people's right? Religion. So it's mythology, it's other people's religion. If it's faith, it's yours. The question is, can can you have a faith, but also have the ability to receive others' ideas of what faith is and learn from that and grow from that? Right? You were talking about you know taking constructive criticism or listening to people in a certain way. It's an art to learning how to receive. 
it's an art and it's a tapping into your essence to doing it. The ego will block. The ego will say, no, that's wrong. The ego will say, no, I've lived my life differently. My experiences are different. If you did what I did, you would feel different. The ego will say all of those things, a lot of the buts rather than the ands. The essence receives. The essence says, I can hear what you're saying. I can internalize it and I can grow from it. This is why I love having this man on this show. 866-391-1020 is the number. Would love to hear from you. We love having a discussion with you. 866-391-1020 is the number. He's Dr. Nish Gandhi. He's a pain and spine specialist. I promise you he can help you. My name is Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. Welcome back to Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. In studio with me, Dr. Nish Gandhi, pain and spine specialist, but just a good friend, an awesome guest. So, Dr. Gandhi, a couple things. First, I want to give a shout out to Sean Sandler. My man is awesome. He's always tuning in. He's always listening. So, Sean, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I also want to give because, you know, you can go to Facebook. So if you go to Facebook, it's at Dr. Christian Conte. That's C-O-N-T-E. Um, but uh, Cindy Braun, listen, she just said a great thing on here. She said, that call from Derek about dating was priceless. But in all seriousness, a good dating coach will help folks navigate how they are projecting themselves. Derek is right. Dating is a huge landmine. A lot of people are not honest. And Derek sounded like a sincere person who doesn't like to play games that's rough. Cindy, thank you so much. I love that. And you're right. Cindy has such a beautiful heart. Um, she's a, she's an avid listener uh, to the program, and she's always sending kind, uh, loving, kind messages to the site. So appreciate you so much, Cindy. Um, but honestly, Dr. Gandhi, she's got a good point. Like, Derek definitely sounded like a person who didn't want to play games and wanted to be able to connect with people, but was struggling with that. Sounds like he's real frustrated frustrated with what the realities are of dating in 2020. I'm I'm very fortunate to have been with the same woman since 2004 and uh you know dated for 4 or 5 years, got married in 2008. I'm lucky. I, the the dating world these days, I have a lot of friends who are single and struggling to find mates and it's not easy. He mentioned ghosting, right? When you text somebody, they don't text you back. That's how you end a relationship apparently these days. I've that's never happened to me before. Right. I don't know what that feels like. That must feel awful, right? So awful. to struggle the way that he's struggling, I, I can see that. And I've heard similar stories from a lot of friends who are going through the same issues. So, but the ghosting is a good example. So ghosting t is a term that is used by the kids these days to indicate when you just don't respond. You just don't respond. So you feel like you're a ghost. Well, um, it's awful. You know, actually, I so I created something called the Continuum of Violence. I specialize in working with people convicted of violent crimes. On my Continuum of Violence, on one end of the scale, let me give you the worst end. The worst end of the scale is, and I reference a story in there, stabbing somebody 35 times. That's the worst end of the scale. On the other end of the scale, it's silent treatment. Because when in the history, when, Dr. Gandhi, in the history, have you ever had patients where the person gets silent, they, they get silent treatment and they start thinking, man, they must be thinking I'm great right now. Right. It's, <laughs> it, it's totally different. It's the opposite side of it, right? It's the, it, right. So it's, it's on that continuum. So well, on that end of the continuum where we're talking about silent treatment and doing that, that's what happens with ghosting. When somebody ghosts somebody, it's 
the ultimate silent treatment. Like, I'm not going to tell you any feedback. And so we're left. And here's why we struggle. When someone shuts down in silent treatment, we automatically project our worst insecurities and fears onto them. Well, they must be thinking this. And that's what we, that's the reason we give for why they're ghosting us. Right. We think that it's the worst case scenario. In reality, it's probably not. Right. And, and those are my friends and that are successful with this in this day and age, just say, okay, well, she ghosted me, he ghosted me, that's it, we're done with this one. Right. Whatever it was about me they didn't like or they didn't feel connection to, and it's not moving forward, on to the next. And just like everything else in our lives right now, it's a volume cycle. Twitter's 24-7, news is 24-7, Facebook's 24-7, and dating's 24-7. So you just move on to the next one, and those are my friends that are able to succeed are the ones that are able to just move on to the next. It's that's it. That's such a profound statement that your the people you know who are successful are able to move on to the next. So I've had this really interesting career and I mean it's been it's been a blessing. Like it's just crazy. The things I do and the places I find myself sometimes I'm like I I can't believe this happens to me. So I got into the world of television. I've done a couple TV shows and um, a few years back I was called to potentially host a daytime talk show. So I go out to potentially host this daytime talk show and I go in and the scenario was whatever it was. Um, when I get done with the scenario, there was, no, <laughs> there, there was no feedback and then I just didn't get it. And then I was just like, wait, so that's it. So like you just try out and then no one tells you anything. Either you get it and they talk to you because I got shows. I've hosted several shows where they call you back and we do talk. But then I asked them like, because I've done shows since then. Well, what do you think those people will know? They just moved on. And so they go, they moved on with their selection and you have to have the ego strength and think about this with actors and, and actresses. They, they have to have the ego strength to try out and never get a word of feedback. Right. They might not get a callback, right? They call it a callback in that, in that thing, yep. the, 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 the producer or the director, whoever's in charge of the production, whether it's a, you know, Broadway show or a television show or a commercial doesn't have the time to communicate with all those people that didn't make the cut. And so they, they just don't send anything. No, and I laugh with my dad all the time because I did one acting class when I was, or like maybe I minored in acting for like a semester in college. And so my dad always brings that up and we'll laugh and he'll say, well, you know, you were getting into this in acting. Like you knew that was going to happen as a part of acting. And we laugh because I've been in psychology at no point was I knew I was going to be in acting. But let's let's go. I want to go to, um, I, wa I wanted to be able to go to the phone lines. Um we're going to go to uh, Andy. Andy, uh, you're on emotional management. Hi. Hi. Uh, I wanted to say thank you for, I found your YouTube videos. I found, uh, I read a few of your articles, um, but I'm, I'm going to tell you that uh, what I have right now, I, I've been, I've been searching for something to help me, but nothing's ever helped me. Uh, you know, I had a, 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 a an interview with a man six years ago, and he kind of like he bullied me, he intimidated me, and he walked over me, and it really affected me because um, he kind of he he emasculated me as a man, like he he just made me feel like I was real, real weak, and I I couldn't get over it, and that happened six years ago, mm. and the thing, and and I'm gonna be very truthful here. Um, I, I think about this day with this man every single day for the last six years. And I've, I've lived in six countries since then. I've, I've done all kinds of stuff. But the thing is, is that I can't get over it. I think about it every single day. When I wake up in the morning, I think about that man. When, I, when I'm when i working during the day, I think about that man that emasculated me 
and the things that he said to me. And then when I go to bed, I think about it. And then the, the cycle continues every single day. I'm about to go back to Las Vegas and I'm thinking about confronting him and I'm, I'm looking for a solution. I'm gonna, I mean, can you help me? Yes, definitely. I definitely can. And honestly, Andy, if we don't finish it before this break, I want you to stick around because I want to keep talking to you about it. Look, I, I, first of all, I'm so sorry that it happened to you because obviously that experience imprinted you as a strong, as a powerful man, you've, you, you know, you, you were really hit hard and it hurt and it really hurt. And, and I, the fact that it stuck with you means that you're probably replaying that moment in your mind, even in the present moment, even though that happened six years ago, it's still present for you. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about, I, I want to address, well, first of all, how does that sound? Like, does that sound pretty accurate that like you're still replaying it? That's, that's 100% accurate. I replay it every single day. And I don't want that for you. I want you to be able to let that go and move forward and come into the present moment. And and Dr. Gandhi's got a bunch to say about this too. We got to actually, I would love for you to stick around. Would you be willing to stick around until after the break? Sure. All right, definitely. So sure. we got, we got, we're going to keep talking uh, to Andy. I'm telling you, this stuff is powerful. 866-391-1020 is the number. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. In the studio with me is Dr. Nish Gandhi. He is a phenomenal doctor, pain and spine specialist, but just all-around intelligent human being who I love talking to. So stick with us. We got a whole lot more coming up in the second hour on Emotional Management on KDKA. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Christian Conti in studio with me tonight, Dr. Nish Gandhi. Look, the number is 866-391-1020 if you want to be a part of the show. But on the phone right now is Andy. Andy called in right before uh, the break, and he was talking about how a guy really kind of uh, hurt him in a big way a few years back. Was it an interview? Is that where it was, Andy? Uh, yeah, it was a job interview, and I was just very surprised at how he handled it, uh, and I, I was shocked that he he used intimidation on me, and it really shocked me. Anyway, I, I, it, it just he he disrespected me as a man. That's the big thing. Like he wouldn't disrespect the Rock if it was the Rock instead of me. He wouldn't disrespect him, but he did disrespect me, and it just angered me. And so how how have you used that experience to either drive you forward or hold you back? Well, it holds me back because it constantly replays in my mind like, well, I need to go back there and confront him and say, "Hey man, you did this to me. You you don't know me. I'm I'm very strong. You shouldn't have done that. I want to go back there and talk to him right now, but I, I it's 6 years ago. I just can't let go. Like even on my best days, even when I'm having a really good day, it still replays in my mind. I, I just want some peace. I, I don't want to go back there. I just want to have some peace. All right. So let me do this with you. I want to help you get peace. So let's say that you did go. Let's just say we could create a scenario where you go back and you say this to him and he sees it. And I mean, he sees it clearly. He sees the pain you've experienced over the last six years. He understands it on a level that is deep. And then he says to you, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, I really didn't realize that I was going to cause that much pain. I'm genuinely sorry. And he apologizes from his deepest self. What do you do now? I'd, I'd let it go. I'd, I'd mentally let it go, I think, because... Um, 
I think that would register in my mind that he, he saw me and, you know, he's, you know, it's over and like, you know, that he, that he acknowledged that it, it, I'd probably let it go. So let me give you this experience. I've done this for 21 years. I've worked with 20,000 hours of clinical experience, talk to people all over the world. I specialize in working with people convicted of violent crimes. And I tell you that because I have worked with some of the toughest inmates in the world and some of the most the toughest people on planet earth have looked me in the eyes and said, man, I was wrong. Like if I could go back there and change that, I wish I could. I wish I could go back and tell those people how sorry I am. My deeper self would never have done that. And honestly, Andy, I believe with all of me based on clinical experience that if we could go back and talk to that person's higher self, I'm not talking about talking to his ego. We all have egos. We all let our egos go. But I'm talking about if we could go back and talk to his deeper self, I believe with all of me, he would have said, man, I wish I never said that stuff to Andy. Man, I wish I would have spoken differently that day. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So now the challenge is on you saying that was his ego. That's not his essence. And I need to move forward now because whatever happened there, let's use that as a drive for you to move forward. Okay. All right. Yeah, that, that helps. That helps. Definitely. It hurt, but here's what's happened. Now, here's one of the challenges. And this is something I see you struggling with over the next couple of weeks. And you're going to overcome it. But it's going to be a challenge. I'd rather let you know these obstacles are in the way. Once you begin, and I know maybe you still have some more work to really let it go, but once you truly let it go, then the challenge we all face is we every day we lived according to thinking the same things. In other words, you practiced holding on to that for so long that if you did let go of it, you would then have to wake up and face the world in a whole different way. And part of it is just scary because it's a new pattern. Right. Right. I mean, and, and, and here's the other piece I would add. I would add to that saying that, you know, we don't ever really have control over what outside circumstances sounds like this man really was a very negative outside circumstance for you six years ago. And all we really have control over is our response to them. Um, your response so far has probably held you back by your own admission and, and has served to make things a lot more difficult for you in your life. And so, the challenge is, like Dr. Conti said, to, to use it uh, as a springboard, not a crutch, um, and to look at it and say, well, I can learn something about this about myself and about other, other people and, and move forward from it and take from it what I can to be better at what I need to do in my life. Right. I, I, I definitely don't want to be a victim or like I, I take responsibility and I do understand. Yeah, I. I, I know what you mean. I, I agree with what you what you're saying. And actually, you're you're right. Like I can actually hear it in your voice. You can hear that strength in your voice. You actually don't want to even think of yourself in terms of a victim, and you're not. You're not. You're an extremely powerful person, but you've allowed yourself to tell yourself the story of that. So even though it's it's so funny because for you, for me. For Dr. Gandhi, for everybody, at times I use this analogy of a puppet. And I think if I was holding a puppet and I was going, hey, puppet, you're stupid. And the puppet got mad. I'd be like, haha. And then I'm like, I'm just kidding, puppet. You're great. And now the puppet gets happy. I'd be like, well, who's in control of the puppet? I am, right? And, and, and we think, well, as adults, why are we talking about puppets? But the truth is you've kind of allowed this guy who was at a, a, his worst self 
who was not very kind, like control what direction you your mind has been going in for six years. And I want to cut the strings, buddy. Right. I know. I, yeah. I, I just, yeah, I wish I did this a lot earlier. But you're doing it now, and I think, listen, that's one of the most beautiful gifts of awakening all of us can have. Okay, so we didn't do it before. It happens when it happens. Yes. And so so we can't get the past back, but here's what can happen. We actually replace our old pattern with a new pattern of, well, now I shouldn't have let that bother me. And by doing that, we put another obstacle in our way, and I want you to have peace. I promise you that's what I want for you, for people, and to have peace Sometimes we have to walk through those obstacles. Right. Right. And and by calling today and bringing this up today, you are walking through it and not around it. And that's the key to growing from it. Right. How's this sit with you today? Does this sound uh, like this I mean, is, does this sound like this stuff that resonates with you? Yes, yes. I, I'm gonna write what you just said down because it it, it did help. Um, it did help me. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate that. And listen, Andy, we'll have a copy of this um, show podcasted tomorrow on kdkaradio.com, so you'll be able to have a chance to listen back to this. And uh, and I really want you to sit with it for a bit because I think that's. It's really, really important. I appreciate you taking so much time and hanging around um, from the break. So thank you so much for calling tonight, Andy. Okay, thank you, you too. All right, bye. Definitely. Um, What a great call. It's so important. I mean, the stuff Andy's struggling with, aren't we all struggling with it on some level? We are. We we can all all probably point to experiences in our life that that have formed us um, and also continue to resonate with us, whether they're positive or negative. We heard a very negative experience uh, for Andy that has unfortunately stuck with him for a very long time and held him back from achieving the goals he wants to achieve and live the life with happiness and uh, you know and strength that he wants to lead. To lead. It's we're human beings, all of us. We're all in this together. That's why we're here for you um, all night. This is emotional management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. He's Dr. Nish Gandhi. This is emotional management on KDKA Radio. Oh boy. We're back. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management. In studio with me tonight, Dr. Nish Gandhi. So glad to have you here. It's great to be here again, taking calls, answering emails, living the same life, man, you and me. I'm telling you, it's beautiful to have taken different paths but get to similar spots. Absolutely. That's what life's about. Let's go to the phone lines. We got some more calls. Uh, Cindy from Rochester, you're on Emotional Management. Hi, Dr. Conti. You, you pulled me in. I had to call. Oh, yeah, Cindy. That's that's. I always appreciate you. You always leave me kind comments. <laughs> I know. See that? <laughs> well, I I have an interesting uh, possible solution for our friend, what was his name, Andy? Andy, yes, yes. Yeah, I can feel his pain. That must have been some kind of an egregious act. And I've had a number of people do some things similar to me. In, in the recent past, and I know that loop that he's talking about, and boy, that that really is painful. And I'm a Christian, and, and, you know, the Bible teaches that we pray for our enemies. And I also struggle with my ego, you know, when yeah. my ego my is going, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> but I also, I meditated for a long time, 
since the early 90s, I've practiced meditation. I'm and telling you, meditation is something transformative. It really, it really is. So this is why I love your work so much, because I work on my ego, I meditate. Well, one of the things that I've begun to do in the, well, the last five years is when someone really puts an affront on me that really is an egregious injustice. I meditate and I pray for that person. Now, this is practice. This is real. And it yep. is, your ego's going to go, why should I do that? Right. Yes. And you have to overcome that. And it really does get easier after you practice. So I had a neighbor who really did a number on me. I mean, the police and the whole nine yards, we had a big violent conflict. Mm. And so with the essence, and I so get that, what I had to do, because he lives right across the street, I hope he's not listening because we're friends now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, you're you're speaking kindly. You're just telling a story. Well, and we really are friends, and it was miraculous what happened. So after we had this big blowout, what I had to do was I had to simply put aside all of that pain and ego and watch him, like I do when I meditate. You know how you watch your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, right. And I, what I thought was, oh, my goodness, he's, he doesn't have such a great life. Mm. He's all alone. His wife died of breast cancer. He's getting older. He's yes. in his 70s. And so that's where I started. That's, and then that's I, so, I don't want to gloss over that because to me, Cindy, that's the, that's the epitome of what it's about is you took time to see the world through his perspective. And look, at, look for his essence. Exactly. And then I started to pray and meditate. May you be well. May you be happy. May you find another mate. I forgive you. Because you know, Christianity, the bedrock is forgiveness. Mm. And, you know, I started to get the relief from all of that looping that Andy talked about. Because every time I saw him or his dog barked, you know, I wanted to go out and rip his head off. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's the human in you. Right. My ego, right? Right, exactly. So this is a true story. A year ago, in a mad snowstorm... We all got snowed in here with over a foot and a half of snow. And normally what he would do is he would snow blow everybody's sidewalk and driveway but mine because we live in a cul-de-sac. We're all close together. <laughs> wow. That's oh, so man. passive aggressive. <laughs> yeah. Talk about ego, right? Right. And then my ego would fight with his ego and I'd be like, fine. <laughs> I'll shovel my own driveway. <laughs> and in this particular night, or afternoon, he came and he snowblowed my sidewalk. I was sitting in my kitchen having coffee. I could not believe my eyes, Dr. Conti. Mm. I, I, I couldn't. I, I was so stunned. I sat and I couldn't move. I was immobile. I couldn't. He came right up to the window with a snowblower, snowblowed my sidewalk, did my driveway. And I, I knew I was witnessing a miracle. Honest to goodness, Cindy, I could be, you can't see me, but I could be jumping through the mic right now to keep like sharing in this experience with you. You talked about the meditation that you do, and it's one that is profound for me in my own, um, in my own path, but it's one where we, we say, if you're struggling with someone, 
this is meditation. It's called a compassion meditation. And you, 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 that's what you do. And it says, may the person be healthy. May the person be peaceful. May all of the person's good intentions be fulfilled. And when you can think about that, well, even when this, you're struggling with someone, when you're angry with someone, think about it. If they are healthy, if they're peaceful and their good intentions are fulfilled, they're not going to be doing that thing that hurts you or irks you. Ever again. Ever. Right. Now, that's a piece I hadn't thought about. I didn't even get to that part. I just wanted the person to be okay and forgive them. Yeah. Wow. You're right. I that's 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 like, oh yeah, that's right. If they were all that, then they they wouldn't be coming across the driveway. Well, no, but it's so true. And Cindy, this story is beautiful and powerful. Um I'm telling you, you know, there's a blessing about social media. A lot of times people look at it for the negative. I actually only jump on, I meditate, I say, a, I picture I'm standing in front of 7 billion people every morning. I say a conscious statement on Twitter. Um, I will either post it or have my awesome team uh, post stuff on Facebook for me. But I see those conscious statements when I wake up every morning pretty much on I Twitter. I appreciate I that. do. I appreciate Between like that. like 4 and 6 a.m. I don't know how you – you probably don't sleep, do you? <laughs> I don't sleep You don't sleep at no, all. No, no, you don't. But I, but I honestly, Cindy, like what I, what I notice is like when we do something like may you be healthy, may you be peaceful, may all of your good intentions be fulfilled. And here's how we t- teach this meditation. You start with yourself. You start with your loved ones because if you can do it for your children, you can do it for your spouse, that's easy. You can do it for your parents, for the people who are close with you. But then you start to branch out to people you're struggling with. And that's where it can be difficult. And if it's too difficult, one of the things I teach um, when I do a, a course on this meditation is say, okay, if it's too difficult with that person, come back to the people you can do it for. And what happens is unconsciously over time, you actually get to that person. So Cindy, you shared a beautiful story and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to share one with you. Um, I was doing the same thing. Uh, this is about uh, 10 or 12 years ago. I was struggling with somebody and I kept saying this and I had a heart. Every time I get to this person, I said, I can't, I can't do it. I can't get to them. So finally I did. I just did it for three straight weeks. And then eventually just naturally I was getting that person literally the day after I said it for them for the first time, that person walked in my office, sat down and said, you know what? I'm really sorry. I was talking about you and whatever. And I was like, oh my gosh. You what are the chances of that happening that what day, right? What are the there? odds? Yeah. Like it was crazy. It's unbelievable. Well, I believe, in, and I know this may sound like a little airy-fairy woo, but I believe that the energy that we put out eventually gets to the people that we're having that energy about. I, be I believe the same bad. thing. I Be believe the same thing. Yeah. Because there was a, not only did he do that, Dr. Conti, three months later when spring came and we were out in the yards, he came over and apologized to me. Mm. And I said, I, am, I told him, I said, I am so grateful that we're doing this because I hate for all the tension and for us to carry this. It's just not healthy for anybody. Right. And I said, don't, don't worry, we're good. We are good. And, you know, now he'll come and knock on my door and ask me to get packages for him if he's on vacation or he's working. And it, it is, I can't, it's just such a miracle. I'll tell you what, the miracles are in the relationships we create. Cindy, I got to see you because your name keeps coming up on my Facebook, (laughs) and I want to thank you for your beautiful, positive energy. Well, I hope that helps Andy. Maybe if Andy meditates for compassion and forgiveness for this person that the interviewer was. 
maybe that will give him a jumping off. I love it. Thank you so much for calling. Okay, Dr. Conti. I'll be listening. All right. I appreciate you. <laughs> You're the best, Cindy. Um, what a beautiful soul and spirit. And I love that. And, you know, honestly, Andy, I hope you're listening because Cindy's spirit, I hope, just kind of envelops you so you can see that there are a lot of people who care. Thank you so much, Cindy. We got a whole lot more. We got people on the line we're going to get to. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. Welcome back to Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti live in the studio with me tonight. Dr. Nish Gandhi, I'm telling you, I'm so excited and grateful to have you. A lot of good calls today. We are. We're getting good calls, getting people from all over. Let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, Brad uh, from Clarion, you're on Emotional Management. Thank you, doctor. I always enjoy your program. <laughs> My man, Brad, you've been calling. I've, I've heard from you before. Tell me what's going on, buddy. Well, I've... Well, me and my wife's been married for 63 years this coming uh, May, May the 3rd. Congratulations. Congrats. And uh, we started to like each other when we were 14, and when I became 16, I bought a car, and we started dating. And uh, so we dated for a couple of years, and we were driving along in the car one day, and she looked up at me, and she said, do you think we ought to get married? I said, well, if you're ready, I am. I took that as a proposal, and we got married. <laughs> That's awesome. So but, what, back uh, in 1957 or what? 57. That's really and, awesome. Uh, whenever we had our 46th anniversary, which was 70 years or 17 years ago, I wrote her a little poem. I'll read it to you if you don't mind. Give it to us. Honey, it's been 46 years since we've been began our life together. My love for you has never been greater. Throughout the storms of life we've gone through, it's always drawn me closer to you. Now, since we've both reached age 65, my love for you has never died. I still love, as from the start, I love you with all my heart, Brad. Oh, that's beautiful, Brad. (laughs) Listen, that's a role model both for Dr. Gandhi and for me. You've been married how many years? Twelve. Twelve. You, it'll it'll, it'll 12. be twelve. Dr. Yeah, it'll Gandhi be twelve 12. in uh, in May. Yeah. Yeah, and my wife and I'll be married twenty in uh, November. So hey, thank you. Got you. A That's good start. Hey, we got a good start. We got a good start. But I honestly, Brad, that that poem's beautiful. This show's called Emotional Management. We deal with the whole gamut of emotions, uh-huh. and here you are, a peaceful gentleman who um, <laughs> has been married happily for a long time, and that's just beautiful. Yeah, this is my third call. You'll soon know, have know my life story. <laughs> I'll take it. I tell you what, I really enjoy it. Like I love your uh, your energy, and I appreciate uh, you calling in. Yeah, well, thank you very much. You De- have a good evening. Definitely, thank you. You too. Um, yeah, it's just awesome. Like I think no matter where we are, whether it's people in this area, in different states throughout the country, or in different countries. So I'm going to take a, a question um, from Valerie in Paris, France. And Valerie writes, um, hello, Dr. Conti. Um, do you have any articles or videos to teach about stop being jealous, to, about how to stop being jealous in a relationship and how to resist that emotion when it comes up? Valerie in Paris, France. So, Valerie, thank you so much for the great question. Um, this, I, I actually do. So, first, I want to point you to YouTube. I do a YouTube channel, and all you do is you just kind of you go into YouTube and you just type in Dr. Christian Conti. Um, at C-O-N-T-E, and you can find my channel, 
I'd love for you to just hit subscribe and then you'll be able to just go into my channel and look at whatever videos you want. I did a video uh, a couple years ago um, with an intern. It's called How to Deal with Jealousy. And my intern helped me figure out how to do kind of like this cartoon uh, video. So it's it's actually, I'm not in the video. It's my voice in the video. It's my story, but it's a cartoon video. It's called How to Deal with Jealousy. Um, so yes, I do have a video on that, but I want to kind of talk about it because I, I, I think this is something that you're not alone with. I think this is a human condition. Pretty much. Everybody's got it. Yeah. It's a human condition. I mean, it makes sense. Like, think about it. Like, we think if someone else takes our partner, then we'll be left alone. Right. And it may not necessarily be that way. And it doesn't necessarily depend on what they do. It's how we perceive what they might do. Jealousy is a complex emotion, right? It's thinking that I know what your motivations are. I don't like what your motivations are. They make me feel less than less than I should, less than I ought to, and so I resent you for that. And the catcher, I mean, this is a clincher. When you realize that jealousy is about what's going on inside of you. So when you're thinking, oh no, my partner's doing this, that's because you're likely either doing that or thinking about doing that. Uh, you're right, thinking about doing it yourself. Right. And, uh, and so you're you're putting your own construct onto what their actions are, which may or may not be what's actually happening. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because we get caught up in our own thoughts. We create this reality in our minds. And so here's the challenge. Here's the problem. And here's the essence, actually, that video. So I was reminded when I just pulled that up to see what that reference was. I worked with this woman years ago. Um, she was so jealous that she would hit her boyfriend if he even looked in the direction of another woman. And so one day they were driving down the road and he, he, the woman was crossing the street and he, she thought he was looking at her. So she starts punching him. So needless to say, she lost that relationship. Sounds like she did. Yeah. Right. She lost that relationship. She admitted in therapy. She's like, no, he really was probably just looking at somebody walking across the road. Right. But she said, in my mind, I make it so big. So I said this, I said, what if every, I said, listen, let's look at flowers. Like everybody looks at a flower and they think, oh, that's beautiful. But to each individual flower, that flower is unique, just like human beings. We're all basically look like human beings, but for whatever reason, you're attracted to one person or another. But what if one of those flowers one day started saying, oh, you're looking at that other flower and then just started ripping its own petals out and started scratching its face up and everything. It's like, oh, you like those other ones. Basically, what happens is you make yourself an ugly flower. Right. And now when people have a choice between all those flowers, among all those flowers. Nobody's going to pick that one. Exactly. And this is what jealousy does. So I say avoid making yourself into the ugly flower. And here's the way you do it. When you have that thought, oh, no, you're thinking this, you're thinking this, stop, remind yourself that's your mind creating that thought, not the other person's mind. Right. It's, it's in your head. Again, like we always say, it's all in your head. Everything we perceive is an emotion, and it's true. You may have a negative emotion. But as Dr. Conti always says, it has a beginning, middle, and end. You have to look through it and say, well, this is how I feel this is happening. It's probably not the way that I'm perceiving. And I have to look at it in a positive way as possible. And I, so I've studied human behavior intensely for my entire professional career. I've noticed patterns. And yes, I can pick up on patterns a little faster than, than maybe if somebody hasn't studied it as long as I have. However, I don't read minds. And so it's always funny because like people will come down, oh, you're, you're you're in psychology. You must know exactly what I'm thinking. And I'm like, I'm not a psychic. I don't know what you're thinking. Right. Psychic is not psychologist. <laughs> right, it's right. very, very different. Right? right. You can interpret what people say 
and reflect it back to them so they can learn from that. But you certainly can't predict what they're going to say or what they're actually feeling unless they tell you. Right. And here's what happens in jealousy. We convince ourselves we are certain that we know exactly what that other person is thinking. And worse, worse than that, it's something awful about us. Right. And, and, that's, and that is the kicker, like you said, right? <laughs> it is what we're feeling in our own selves, right? It, is, it is our, has become our essence, which is not a very good thing at all. Right. So, Valerie, here's what I would invite you to do. If you're struggling with this, first of all, know you're not alone. This is very human. This is a natural emotion. It makes sense. My goodness, it makes sense. Think about the group mentality. I talked a little bit about it last week, but from an evolutionary psychology perspective, as social beings, we want to connect with others. And if we perceive that someone else might step in and inhibit that connection, then, of course, jealousy will arise. It's natural. It's not to be ashamed of. But here's the thing. You do become that ugly flower when you start ripping out your own petals going, you're looking at them. You're looking at that person. Well, now you're becoming much less attractive to the person to look at. Right. And and be around. And like we always say, you're putting out negative energy. And that negative energy has its way of making it to the target, even if you don't say a word. Just like our previous caller mentioned the opposite coming true, positive energy does have a way of making it to the person that's intended, regardless of whether you say anything or not. We have to be cognizant of the the times that we portray negative energy and how bad that can be for our relationship building. I mean, that's that's really it. So, Valerie, I appreciate you so much. Listen, I, I guess I'll give you one other uh, analogy that comes to mind. Let's say that I'm feeling jealous and I'm standing by a sewer and I take a huge bucket of sewage and I dump it all over myself. And then I say, hey, come here, give me a hug after I dump all that sewage on me. You're going to say, ooh, get away from me. That's gross. That's the image I want you to have with jealousy because when you're jealous toward your partner, it's like dumping sewage on yourself and asking them to to hug you. You've made yourself much less enticing. And so be mindful not to allow jealousy to overrun your relationship. Valerie, thank you so much for writing in from Paris, France. I appreciate you listening to the show all the way there. Um, so we're definitely sending you all our best and tons of peace. We got a whole lot more coming up. Dr. Nish Gandhi in studio with me. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. This is Emotional Management on KDKA Radio. Welcome back. It's Emotional Management. I'm Dr. Christian Conti. In studio with me is Dr. Nish Gandhi, pain and spine specialist. He's got offices all over this Pittsburgh area. So if you're in Pittsburgh, if you're anywhere near this area, Bridgeville, Connorsville, Greensburg, Washington, Pleasant Hills, Uniontown, and I think you even have Altoona coming soon. Altoona's coming soon. So we're definitely growing across southwestern PA. Happy to take any new patients with pain issues um, and help you uh, live a better life. And as you can see, like you, if you're a regular to this show, you know we've had Dr. Gandhi on before. Um, my audience knows like my job, my life is about peace and bringing people and information that are interesting to you. And I've had Dr. Gandhi on several times because I just I think the world of this man Um, So if you want to learn more about him, too, go to PassMD.com. That's P-A-S-S-M-D.com to enhance your quality of living. Um, You love what you do, huh? I do. Um, It's it's an honor and a privilege to wake up every day and uh, and take care of patients that that need help with pain issues. And uh, I'm very fortunate to have the uh, strength to do this um, and the dedication to do it and uh, have a supportive wife and family uh, to allow me to achieve my goals. 
you know, we've talked about this before. We both uh, strive to work really hard. We put in a lot of hours at our craft. There are people out there who want to be really good at something, but there's a maybe there's a, just a disconnect yet and just yet between their work ethic, the work they're putting into it, and what they want to get out of it. What kind of advice do you have for people like that? Right. Well, I think to tie this all back into our show about, about ego, um, I think a lot of what happens is we, we get very focused on a certain task or a goal. We put our blinders on and let the ego run it. And uh, that can give you um, moderate success in a lot of areas in your life. You can't truly grow, though, as a person unless you can let it go mm. um, and, and understand that your ego cannot really run it. And it has to be a connection with the essence. Um, a lot of that ends up being just knowing when to admit you're wrong. Um, whenever you're at home with your spouse, whenever you're at work with co- with coworkers, whenever you're with a patient, whatever the case may be, being able to say, I was wrong, you were right. Very, very simple. That's six words. If you can work that into your daily routine to be able to admit that you're incorrect about something, you will grow as a person, as a colleague, as a doctor, as a human being. And that's very challenging for most people to be able to do. It is. It is. We really are comfortable saying what other people should do, how they should get it, but it's hard for us to get it. It totally is. It totally is. Wasn't there a song, Sorry Seems to be the Hardest Word? Exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, One quick note about today. So today is February 3rd, um, and about 200 years ago, a woman named Elizabeth Blackwell was born, um, and she, in 1849, was the first uh, physician to be awarded, female physician to be awarded uh, an MD. So today is actually National Women's Physicians Day. Oh, that's um, beautiful. Happy so National Women's Physicians, Women's Physicians Day. Day. Um, and so I'd have to, I'd be remiss to come on the radio here and not mention a few female physicians who have impacted me a lot. The list is very long, but to just kind of pare it down to four people, two of which who probably changed me a lot early on in my career and two of which who have really impacted me a lot in the last year or two. Uh, one is, number one is my wife, uh, Dr. Shelly Satterley. She's a pediatrician in this area. Um, she's my rock. She's my spouse. She's the person I spend the rest of my life with. She's a mother to my children. And she also is able to be a full-time practicing physician, which is a lot to do. And 100%, she's number one. And, and, and She's number one <laughs> in my life for everything. Um, and, and number two, uh, for somebody who formed me, uh, was my chief resident when I was an intern, Dr. Cecily Wang. She was a a uh, uh, senior resident, a chief resident uh, at Union Memorial Hospital when I was learning uh, how to be a doctor. And she taught me how to be a doctor. Without her guidance during that first year, I, I don't know that I'd be the doctor that I would be. Yeah. Um, and then two more who have currently, probably in the last year or so, influenced me actually kind of through the power of social media, through Twitter and Instagram. There is a large community of physicians uh, on Twitter, um, and we call ourselves hashtag MedTwitter. And uh, these two uh, female physicians have done tremendous amounts for me. Uh, first, Dr. Alex Anderson. She's an anesthesiologist um, and also a mom and a husband. Her husband uh, plays in a band, uh, and uh, both of her, she has children. And she tweets a lot about the struggles of being a full-time physician and also being a mom and trying to balance the two something that my wife struggles with at home also. And so I've learned from Dr. Anderson how to be a better parent, how to be a better spouse, and how to be a better doctor, and how all those three things 
can really kind of sometimes be at odds with each other. Um, right. And the struggles that she sees in her daily life, she's very open and is able to talk about those things on social media. So I found her example to be very, you know, uh, transformative for me. And then second, uh, Dr. Aline Gregosian, she's a woman who about a year ago found out that she had a failing heart and needed a heart transplant. Jeez. She's a physician. This is during her residency she found out. She got a new heart um, just about a year ago. And she's gone on with her life. She actually writes a blog called Change of Heart Blog, talks about her experiences both as a patient and as a physician, how being a patient and getting a new heart has made her a better physician. Wow. Um, and so she's leading by example now, and she has a very strong voice on social media also and is able to help a lot of patients that are struggling with many different issues. And so those are kind of the four female physicians on this Women's Physicians Day that I'd like to kind of honor. I love that. That's actually beautiful. And I feel like you, I think one of the things that I love for our audience to hear from you and from the people who've influenced you is there's so much more to you than just being a brilliant doctor. Like you have a whole life, you deal with emotions just as much as everyone else. And so do the, the women who have influenced you profoundly. They all deal with these things too. Right. And that's it. So we talked about this before the show, right? I'm, I'm a human first, mm -hmm. right? I'm a human first a father and a husband, second, probably a doctor, third, and, and that's just how it is. I, ha I choose to live my life that way because that has what's, what has helped me grow to the person that I am, realizing that I you know, put my pants on one leg at a time just like anybody else does. I have blood in my veins. I'm, I'm no different, and that's how I connect with people, and that is that ego deflation we're talking about. Yes. It's being able to learn to set that ego aside. It's challenging. On a daily basis, it's the struggle but that's a struggle worth having because what it leads to is better communication and better relationships with people in every facet of your life. I, you know, I thrive on feedback. I always have. I was blessed to have parents who guided me, gave me feedback when I was young. So I was used to taking it. It didn't like I love feedback. Right. Um, I kind of feel for, um, you know, we for Derek, who called in earlier, struggled not getting feedback around stuff. I'm with you. I love to get feedback when I can't get it. I've got to give it to myself. I've got to try to do what Cindy suggested, which is step outside of ourselves and become that observer. We're all in this life. We're all struggling. We're all going through this stuff. I can't tell you how grateful. I am that you came in here tonight. I'm so grateful that you have me back again and looking forward to coming back another time. Heck yeah, he'll be back for sure. Uh, check out passmd.com to learn more about Dr. Gandhi. Um, look, every week we're here Monday nights from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We love hearing from you. Remember the number is 866-391-1020 and we love to listen to you. Whatever you're going through in life, I want you to know you're not alone. Like, there are others out there who are struggling. It's one of the reasons why when you call into this show or when you listen to others who call in, no matter where they are in the world, you understand that we're all human. We all have issues. Hey, until next time, as always, I wish you much peace.